0: Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. You're here on a Saturday. A Saturday. Wow. This is how it all started. 21 days, 21 days straight. And and then we just kept it up and... Because of you, because of you, you make it so special. And as you join in, Lynn and Cheryl and Bill, Donna, thank you, Donna. Thank you. You know what I'm saying. And each and every one of you, for what you've done in making this a community, um, not a cohort of crime, but a, a a cocoon of compassion. I'm sorry, my alliteration skills are just running low. I've not had near enough coffee this morning to even attempt that. But we're happy you're here this Saturday morning, and uh, we're plowing our way through 21 days of prayer based on the book on prayer. You can get your copy to Amazon, bookonprayer.com. And um, today is The Secrets. Secrets. That's what the devotion is, the sixth the devo- sixth devotion in the book. And um, I want to share some other thoughts with you about that. The secret. Of the Lord. What a great day. What a great day. We're looking forward to this weekend and just believing God is going to pour out his spirit in a great way uh, here and wherever you're at. There's going to be some good things that happen. So thank you for being a part of this. Just a programming note tomorrow morning, I'm going to do something I rarely do in devotion. I might invite a guest host tomorrow morning. Um, Tomorrow is proving to be a pretty um, unusual day. As you know, we're going to be laying my mother-in-law to rest or celebrating her life at least tomorrow evening and um, with services during the day as well. So uh, a busy time, but thankful for the strength and the grace of God that sees us through. Secrets with whom... God shares them. I really had to work on that who or whom there. Any English teacher out there, let me know if I got that right. If not, I don't know what I'll do. I'll be banished into grammatical purgatory or something. I don't know, but um, thank you for being a part. Do leave your prayer request out to the side. And uh, David, God bless you for the work you do. Liz, Virginia, so many people in need, so many situations. Be sure to list a few out to the side and give us all some prayer, prayer lists that we can go through them. So we do welcome you here today and believe that God has something indeed special. So you know the drill. Like, share, follow the page. Here we are Saturday morning, January the 16th, midway through this month of January. January comes from the Greek God Janus, two-faced, one looking forward, one looking back, and that's what we've been doing. So look forward to seeing you again tomorrow or having a guest host. Let's see what God has. I'm a lover of old books, a special type of old books. I follow several key authors, holiness people of a day gone by, just seemed that their thoughts were so profound and so practical. William McCallum Clough was one of those. He was born in Scotland, 19th century, ministered nearly exclusively in Scotland, died in Scotland. His books are profound. I I have every one of his books, The Day of the Cross, The Evangel of the Straight Gate, The Old, Old Story. These are book titles. So there's one that I want to reference today that he wrote a whole book on this subject that I'm just going to spend a few moments on called The Secret of the Lord. Clo believed that the secrets belong to God, but God will share his secrets with people who seek his face. That God will reveal hidden things to those who draw near to him. I love that. And it has a firm biblical foundation. The 25th Psalm says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his covenant. True Christianity. Practice from the heart is so many things. It's a, a walk because Jesus is the way. And we were first called, before Christians, first called people of the way. It's a life. Jesus is the life. It's an old life passed away, a brand new life. Jesus is light. He's truth. And we could say this is the way of truth. It's a life of faith. But it's more than that, though. Christianity truly lived is an experience with God. It centers around the Lord Jesus Christ. It's too precious for unhearing ears, unseeing eyes. They would treat it as swine do pearls, unseeing, unhearing, unable to comprehend the secret of a life hidden away with God. You may say, I want that. I do too. And I think that's why we're on this devotion. And that's why we're on a quest for 21 days. It was Lloyd John Ogilvie who once wrote, The Institutional Church in America is filled with religious people who desperately need an experience with the living, holy, forgiving, glorious God. We need experiences with God. We need the secret of the Lord. To say the secret of the Lord, it means a divine encounter, something made known by God. It's Abraham seeing a city with foundations and going in search of it. It's Jacob glimpsing a golden ladder stretching into heaven and saying, surely the Lord is in this place. It's Moses standing at a burning bush. It's Samuel hearing the voice of God in the middle of the night. It's Hagar glimpsing a well in the wilderness. Each of us, each of us has an experience like that with God. In a sense, each of us can experience what they did through their desire to know God, he revealed himself in a new way. He revealed himself to Abraham, not to Lot, to Jacob, not to Esau, to Moses, not to Pharaoh, to Samuel, not to Eli, to Hagar, not to any other servant in Abraham's employment. For where there is a fear of the Lord, there is passion. And God reveals himself. He shows his secrets to those who have a passion for him. Oh, can I get a witness to that? Amen. The psalmist said God shows his covenant, his faithfulness. But we know the Lord deeper today than what they did in the Old Testament. His name is no longer the unutterable name of Jehovah. We now have the wonderful name of Jesus, the one who came to us, the one who helped us through this year, the one who revealed himself to us time and again. Since the secret of the Lord is an understanding, a revelation, an encounter with God. And since our life with God is an experience, it means you and only you truly know what Jesus has done for you. That the secret of the Lord for you is how he's worked in your life and what he's done for you and what he's kept you from and how he lifted you, how he changed you. Who Jesus was to me as a child is not who Jesus is today. Who I knew him to be as a teen or a young adult is not how I know him today. He's the same, but he's oh so different. What I needed him to be yesterday, he was. But what I need him to be today, he shall be. I need him to reveal himself to me again and again and again. It's an ever-growing secret Because by faith and faith alone, I can appropriate what he means to me today. The secret of the Lord. It's revealed day by day, moment by moment. And and here is where I borrow from the thought of W.M. Clough. He said Jesus is three things to us. Jesus is master. Jesus is friend. And Jesus is lover. And in that order, sort of. In those capacities, master, friend, lover, Jesus has a secret to share with us. The master, the master's secret. In a day gone by, the word master was used often. It was the language of apprenticeships and craftsmen. Early in a person's life, he or she became an apprentice to someone, some vocation or possession. Many family names today still draw attention to those ancient professions and apprenticeships. Names like Fuller and Potter and Turner and Baker, and you, you get the picture of Cook, Smith, Carpenter. These family names drew attention to their occupation and what they did and how they trained people, what they were known for. And most of those times, it was simply the family business. The elder taught the younger. At times, however, it was a master who chose an apprentice, an apprentice who had a great aptitude and a passion for learning. The apprentice would learn from the master and each master had his secret. The craftsman had the tricks of the trade and the apprentice through years of association with the master, he could learn the trade. He could learn to be like the master. So the great, the great painters of the Renaissance, they had their secrets and to the pupils who caught, whose talent caught their eyes, they could teach to paint and teach their craft, to teach the secrets, such that in the art world, there's a question even today about whether the master painted it or whether one of the apprentices. I had a print in my office many years ago of one such painting apprentice school where under the watchful eyes of the master's apprentices tried, failed, experimented, succeed until everything the master could teach had been learned. And then the student, had entered into the master's secret and was ready to embark on their own. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Not to the scoffer, not to the mocker, the cynic or the critic. No, it's with them who serve the master. And that's the secret of Jesus, the master. It's his service. We serve because we've seen him serve. We are apprentices to the Master's. We've entered into the Master's secret. We watch Him. We watch for Him. We look to Him. We burn with passion His zeal. We know the ways of the One who called Himself the way. We learn of Him. We draw close to Him. We're not here to outshine the Master. We're here to bring glory to the Master. We don't take what we've learned from Jesus and turn it into a sideshow. No, Jesus remains the main event, the solitary figure on the stage of the world history, the one with whom we're fascinated, the one for whom we give and we give all. It was G. Campbell Morgan who once said, the proportion in which I know my Lord is the proportion in which I am prepared to serve him. Yeah. To know him is to serve him. Understand this about the master. That's his secret. It's service. And you serve him best through serving others at any time. We serve God in our prayers for others. We serve God in our efforts to reveal him to others. We serve God. We serve the master by reaching, teaching, encouraging. We enter into the master's secret, the secret of servant, but he's more than a master. Remember, Close said he's not only master, he is friend. So we have the master's secret of service, but then we have the friend's secret of understanding. Do you remember what was said of Jonathan and David? The soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. Emerson said, my friends have come to me unsought. The great God of heaven gave them to me. That Yes, there's something knitted. There's something beautiful About friendship, we confide. Jesus did not confide in the upper room until Judas left. Because even though Jesus would call him friend after betrayal, it was more aspirational than informational, more hope than reality. Judas was a traitor. He did not fear the Lord. He was not a friend of God, and he sold him out. And so until he left, Jesus did not pour out the secrets to the eleven. To them, to the 11, he says, you're not my apprentices any longer. You're not merely my servants. You are my friends. And I've made these things known to you. That's the friends secret is knowledge, knowing purpose and plans, knowing ways and behaviors. Others guess, but friends know. That's why you can learn little of Jesus from a skeptic. Put a pen in the hand of an unbeliever. They'll tell you very, very little about Jesus Christ. So-called experts in church history who don't know Jesus, really have outside of just customs and traditions and times, they have very little to tell you about Jesus. Just little historical tidbits because they don't understand the magnitude of Jesus. It's only those who know him, only those who lean on him like John of old in the upper room can hear the divine whisper and can understand and comprehend it was early in the history of the church, Gnosticism rose as the greatest rival to New Testament Christianity. Gnostic from the Greek word, no, no. They purport to know things, have secret understandings, sort of like the esoteric teachings that came out of Babylon and the Kabbalah. But it's only as you fear God. It's only as you learn of Jesus, do you truly know him and find the secrets of the Lord and find the knowledge and understanding. It was A.W. Tozer that says, now as always, God reveals himself to babes and hides himself in thick darkness from the wise and the prudent. We've got to simplify our approach to him, Tozer said, stripped down to the essentials and they will be found to be blessedly few. We put away all effort to impress come away with the guileless candor of childhood. And if we do it, without doubt, God will respond. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. For the friend's secret of knowledge, when you follow the Lord, you'll find it. So we have the master's secret of service, the friend's secret of knowledge. Then there is the lover's secret. That's the third office, Jesus whole. All lovers have secret. In the book, I refer to the trysting place. Love is not love unless it possesses reverence, awe, devotion, trembling, fear, passion, fire. But love is not love unless it has some secrets that can be whispered. I'm talking about agape love, a love like no other. If the friend's secret is knowledge, the lover's secret is the disclosure and the revelation of identity In character, we reveal who we are. We know even as we are known. It was John Guest that wrote, just as a husband and wife live out their lives against the backdrop of being married, so we live out the entirety of our lives against the backdrop of our constant relationship with God. He is always there, always loving, always ready to listen to us. And we recognize that his unwavering commitment to us we're able to live day by day an adventure and adventure in the challenge of his presence. And we enjoy the dialogue. It's as if we say, oh, I've got to talk to Jesus about this. It's clear who Jesus inner circle was. Peter, James and John took them places, took them farther. But oh, on Mount Hermon, the Mount of Transfiguration, they caught a glimpse of who the lover of their soul really was. They saw him in his glory. Peter would later say we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. What had been a mystery became majesty. And they saw beyond what others saw. And they possessed the lover's secret. Now, follow the life of Moses. He knew God as master. Yes, Moses is called the servant of the Lord. Later, we read that Moses spoke to God face to face as with his friend. So he went from the master relationship with God, but he knew God as friend to the friend relationship with God. But he so plumbed the depths of the secret of the Lord, he would eventually pray, show me your glory, reveal to me the depth of your character. Let me see you not as master or friend, but the lover of my life and the lover of my soul. The Jews have an unusual belief, a legend, I suppose, that when Moses lay dying on the mountain, God stooped and kissed him. God would hide away the body of Moses so that Satan couldn't find him. A picture of mourning, sorrow, and the protection that comes from the lover, the divine lover of our soul. Oh, praise God. I want to find that relationship with God. What about you? It was Peggy Noonan, speechwriter for Reagan, She was asked by a friend, how do you find God? She said, well, finding God's not hard. He wants to be found. She said, well, tell me how you find God. And Noonan said, well, first you get yourself in trouble and you let life make you miserable because none get to God but through trouble. And the more trouble and the more misery, you're going to reach out for God and you're going to seek him and you're going to follow him. And you're going to be passionate before him and cry out to his name. I have a question for you. I know it's Saturday. I know it's Saturday. And for many of you, Monday through Friday is your work week. And Saturday is your day off. Why not today? Why not today? Why not allow the trouble that led to misery to cause you to experience God in a new and living way? In these 21 days of prayer. In these 21 days of prayers, we covenant to draw closer to God. Would you just take the time in your life to say, Lord, I want to know you as master. I want to know you as friend. And God, I want to know you as the lover of my soul and be in constant communication. You get that mindset and the secrets of the Lord will be revealed. Thank you. Would you share some needs out the side, some praise reports, some victory reports, things that God has done for you? Share this with others. And uh, we will be having a devotion in the morning. It's either going to be me or a guest host. We're going to figure out how it's going to happen. I do want to thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for praying for my wife, for Brother Barney at her family during this time of loss. We'll be celebrating Norma Barnett's life tomorrow evening and I just hope it will be heartwarming and refreshing to the family and to those who loved and revered her. May God be with you May God's grace go with you until tomorrow bless bless you and may God may God give you the secret of the Lord in Jesus name amen Thank you for listening to morning devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.